0: All right, so as we continue looking at the book of Ephesians, in light of the series we just did called Foundations, uh, knowing that God is doing something, and what He's doing, He's making us in His image. And He does that through a personal relationship with Him, through basically mentoring us like a father would a child. And there's many things in Scripture that uh, speak to that very dynamic that He is working on. When we get to Ephesians 1, verse twenty-three or 15 through 23, it goes like this. For this reason, too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing value or surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. Always want to stay focused on what we know to be true and help, in order to help us interpret what we're reading and what we're thinking about. Uh, if again going back to a building of a building illustration I used a few weeks back, you know, if we have a set of blueprints and we're building that particular structure, then when we ask questions about you know what's the size of this room, how tall are the upper cabinets in the kitchen, whatever, then we just go to the blueprints because uh, that answers our questions. And being conformed to the image of Christ and being made in His image, well, getting to know Him, we talked about, was very paramount. And that's why it says here that Paul prayed for these people in Ephesus that God would grant them the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him because that's the foundation of the whole thing. Uh, Old things are gone, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and new things have come. All right, so you're a new creature in Christ. Well, what is that new creature? Well, it's a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God himself. And you're becoming like your father, not just through the, if you will, spiritual DNA, through new birth and his indwelling Holy Spirit, but also through the nurturing relationship that you now have with this new father as he teaches and trains us. We'll look at some more scriptures like that today. So, As a joint heir with Christ, a new creature with a new nature, with a new father, and we're getting to know him, always remember the prime directive because whenever we read a passage of Scripture that seems to be unclear, seems to be leading us off in our thoughts in a direction that may be confusing, always go back to what we know to be true. That's really important that God's doing this. You know, It's God who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Another passage says we are His workmanship. We'll actually read that later on in the book of Ephesians. So we are God's building project. And He is still committed to what He started with. And so the prime directive of being like Him, because that's what He is doing, leads us to a practice in our lives that exemplifies, if you will, what we believe to be true about God. Now, this is an important idea to to hang on to and remember and understand the dynamic of it, because if we have a false concept of God in the way we think and feel and choose to live, we'll be conformed to that false concept. And so we may be a child of God in birth, but not live like a child of God in practice if we think of God as being distant and uncaring or uh, hard to get along with or too busy for someone little like me or um, demanding of perfect performance before He can accept us and those kind of things, we have a tendency as human beings to become like, in the way we live our lives, the God we serve. We tend to act out that belief system in our practice, But if we got a change of nature, which we did through new birth, we are learning to live out that new nature by interacting with our Father, being made in His image, born of Him and being conformed to His image. So how does that work? Well, just like when we were born physically, we may, and most of us do, possess certain physical traits, maybe even visually we look like our mom or dad or somebody Close in, in close relationship to us, but more than physical looks, we also have um, maybe tendencies, um, maybe a love for music, and who knows, maybe that's picked up. You know, is it nature or nurture? It's probably both. That um, we may have a, uh, a natural gift or talent or ability in something, and being raised by the particular parent we were, or parents were raised by. Uh, and they were good at it. We pick up those traits from them or maybe even from a grandparent. I had a, a grandfather on my mom's side that was very uh, creative and skilled craftsman in the building industry. It turns out that my great-grandfather on my mother's side uh, was also a very skilled carpenter. And so maybe there were some natural abilities in me. But I remember watching my granddad work and how he went about doing his craft. And I became very interested in building things as a young boy. I started taking wood shop when I was 10 years old. And I just loved making things out of wood. And so there was not only probably some natural, but there was um, some skill that I learned through watching, not just my grandfather, but other people, you know, uh, shop teachers and so forth, and watching craftsmen on the different jobs I got a chance to work on. And so you pick up things. Well, God wants us to realize that uh, not only are we His child by birth, but He wants us to be His child, if you will, in practice. Uh, One passage says when you do certain things, you know, taking care of the poor, forgiving our enemies and those things, it says you're proving yourself to be children of your Father in heaven. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't make you a child of your Father in heaven if you do something good for a poor person or forgive an enemy. But it exemplifies that you're like your dad. And where did you learn how to do that? Well, hopefully from him. Because he shows us how to love our enemies. He shows us how to forgive those who have wronged us. And so there's, there's this nature, but also the nurture. Uh, if we go on in Ephesians, picking up in the second half of verse 19, it says this, These are in, in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated us at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. And what does all that mean? Well, We are raised up and seated with him, and if he is above all authority, he took us with him. That means that the authority of the world, uh, the demonic realm, the world system, the thoughts and beliefs that are propagated in such um, (laughs) prolific ways here on planet Earth that are actually contrary to the nature and the character and the purposes of God, uh, those are actually... They can't, do not, they can't dominate us. They're not authorities over us. However, it seems over the years, I know I have, if we believe something to be true when it's not true, we'll still act like it's true anyway. You know, the world says you have to perform to be accepted. God says, I accept you, now I'll teach you how to perform. Completely backwards to the world. But we still may feel at times that, well, we're not measuring up to God's expectations. He's probably upset with us. But in reality, He loves us. And we'll look at a passage probably in the next lesson about what does that look like when we're acting out of character and our Father loves us? How does He respond to that? Well, this new family dynamic is a big part of it. Um, It's a complete takeover, uh, beginning with the new birth and ending in the fullness of the stature of Christ. We'll see that later in the book book of Ephesians. He's headed in a certain direction. But what he's drawing us into is a whole new family dynamic. Uh, not one of um, performances demanded before you can be accepted. Not one of getting even with our enemies. Uh, not one of putting ourselves first. Uh, it's really the opposite of all of that. You know, greater love is no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And so we're to love our enemies. You know, do good to those who use you and spitefully use you and so same manners of things evil against you and so on jesus said why it proves that we're god's children does it make us god's child no but through this relationship with our father and functioning within a family that has these dynamics we have the privilege then of extending it to our other family members our brothers and sisters in christ and also the world around us because just like it says the kindness of god is meant to lead us to repentance well, the, God, the kindness of God through us is how the Holy Spirit works to, if you will, hand out free samples of the goodness of the kingdom of God to people who have no access to it. You know, it's like when I go to one of the big stores and they got people in these little stations you know, handing out little samples of food. I've actually tried to eat lunch that way. It's more frustrating than not. But anyway, <laughs> you get a little sample of whatever that thing is, lasagna or something, And what does it make you, hopefully, want to do? Go find the place where they're selling that stuff back in the frozen food case or something and get you three or four of them and take them home. See, that sample is so you'll go to the source, not so you can stand there and try to eat all day long. Well, when Christ lives through us, we're handing out samples of the kingdom of God, the love and the kindness and the care and the forgiveness and the attentiveness and the faithfulness of God. Now, we're not perfect at that, but our Father is. Uh, so, like I said, we hand out a sample, but if they really want satisfaction in their heart, that person's going to have to go to God, just like I did or you did. Uh, this, this new family dynamic has a whole new authority. Now, Jesus talked about on earth we have those who lord over us, those who are hard on us. They rain down from on high and all that kind of stuff because they think they're all that. When in reality, leadership from the very beginning... Beginning has been a position that's meant to be we're meant to lead others from the bottom, not the top. That's why Jesus said, "He who is greatest in the kingdom of God will be the servant of all." And so, you know, we even have that in our vernacular language. We talk about the people who we elect and put in office; they are public servants. Well, some of them didn't get the message. They like to rain down on us from above and dictate our lives and those kind of things rather than get underneath and serve us in a way that makes our lives better and, and provides a better atmosphere and community and dynamics and those kind of things for everybody that comes in contact with us in our country or our community and so forth. So it's always been that people who lead are supposed to lead from underneath, not on top. Jesus set that example perfectly. and It made people mad. (laughs) Because they were used to, you know, being prominent and large and in charge. And here he comes, just this carpenter from Nazareth, doing good and lifting people up that were downtrodden. And that's how you lead, like Christ leads. And for us, it's letting him lead others through us. He gets to call the shots in our life so that others see him. This new authority is under a new kingdom now i've had people talk to me about wanting to really help and promote and further and develop and whatever the kingdom of god you know they're all about you know promoting the kingdom of god well if i understand what most of them are talking about they're not really working on the kingdom of god they're working on something that's more theoretical it's an entity in it in and of itself when in reality you and I are the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. Uh, all of this burns down and goes away. All of creation melts with fervent heat, and one day it's just us in God's presence. So the kingdom of God is a territory, His domain. He's king over a certain domain, and that domain, <clears throat> excuse me, is the human heart. He has come to rule us. And how does he come to rule us? As a servant. That, that blows my mind. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. So this kingdom of God is people and it's ruled by a ruler who rules from underneath where he lifts us up and supports us and provides for us and all of those kind of things. The Bible says that we as God's children are part of that kingdom, and it's an unshakable kingdom. It will never end. It won't come up one day where God says, you know, I think I'll do something different and kick us all out. No, this is a forever deal. If we go on in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, it says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world. According to the prince of the power of the air and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, Among them, you too also formerly lived in the lust of your flesh, indulging in the desires of the mind, of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. This is that new union. He didn't look around and find somebody that's worthy of it. He took us when we were dead in our transgressions and sins. And because of His mercy, it says here, and His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead, He made us alive together with Christ. So the Bible says, just as Christ was raised from the dead, so we too might walk in the newness of life. He's giving us life by putting the living Christ within us because he is truly our life. The Bible says we are saved by his life. Not just from eternity in hell, but that daily infusion of life, that moment by moment, that second by second, that's, it's a constant. It's like the light is on because electricity is flowing and it's a constant source goes on in verse 6 and says in chapter 2 and says we, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so wherever Christ is we are so that in the ages to come we might or he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it's the gift of God not a result of works that no man boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. All right, this is all about the new relationship, the new resources, the new reality that we're not just a human being walking around down here on planet Earth trying to figure out what God wants us to do so we can do it, and so he'll love us and accept us. No, we're we're... We are entities that He loves so much. He came when we were even yet sinners, it said, and He died for us. And He's beckoning us into this relationship with Him that will do many things. It will give us a new nature, bring us into a family with a new nurture, and begin to teach us uh, all about who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, so that as we go about living our lives, like the last thing it said here, We will be walking out those good works that God prepared beforehand. Think of the times you were in school when you showed up and it turns out that the school teacher was ahead of us, you know. They had actually prepared lessons or art projects or whatever and they were ready for us to do those things. And they were ready to teach us how to do those things and provided the materials and the tutoring and the... Even the correction that went with, nope, that was the wrong answer. Let's go over why you got that wrong, you know, in the time after we took the test and so forth. Why? Not to say we were a failure, but to help us succeed. And so as a loving father, he's brought us into this nurturing relationship to help us learn. And he's prepared these things for us to walk in. Yes, so that his nature will be displayed through us, but we'll also learn to trust him and walk this out on a daily basis. And thereby, we are not only conformed to Him in nature, but we're also conformed to Him in practice. So that when people hear me talking, what they hear are the words Jesus wants them to hear. And when they see me doing something, they're seeing me do something that Jesus wanted to do in that moment to display His nature and character. And and I was the one He chose in that moment, or you or someone else was the one He chooses in that moment, to display his character. That's why it says in the end, we'll all give glory to God because we'll realize you did this. It wasn't me. I just let you use what you'd given me to do what you wanted to do. And that was your new, your new life. Well, to me, this is really exciting. I'll tell you, I'll finish up with this and I'll tell you why it's so exciting. For years, I studied the scripture and listened to sermons and all those kind of things without a sense of what it was really all about. What, what are we, what's the end goal here? What are we trying to do? What's, what's the purpose of all of this? Is it just so God won't be mad at me? Is it just so I, I'll get more jewels in my crown when I get to heaven or a bigger mansion? I mean, what is all this about? God is doing what he's doing and he's never relented from that. And so now when I realized a few, many years ago now that God's actually up to something particular, it made sense to me. And so now when I read passages like this in Ephesians, I see them in light of what God has already revealed to be true. Well, I love you all. I appreciate you. We'll talk about this some more next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are not uh, hard to find. You have made yourself known easily. We have a tendency to be dull of hearing and a little short-sighted. I do pray that you'll enlighten us to who you are and what you're doing so that we can walk with you in a more trusting relationship each day, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.